Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. Today we're pleased to be joined by Nick Gray, author of The Two-Hour Cocktail Party, the only guide you'll ever need to hosting the perfect networking event and a surprisingly quick read. That's the highest compliment when somebody says a fast and a quick read. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't rocket science. How to host a good networking event, how to host a happy hour. It's easy. Give us a bit of your background. So I grew up very middle class in Dallas and in North Georgia. I went to school in North Carolina, uh, but I started making web pages when I was young And then I started a web hosting business when I was in high school, and I got really lucky with that. And after college, my dad, who that's where I got the entrepreneurial nature from, he was starting a business in the basement of our house called Flight Display Systems. They made that map that shows you where the plane is flying across the country, and he made that for for small planes, right? So that map existed, but if you had a small plane and you wanted that, you had to buy the same one that the airlines and Boeing bought. And over the next couple of years, we built it up to about 70 employees. And yeah, we sold that to a private equity company in 2014. I'd actually left the business a year before selling it to start and kind of go off on my own. I started my next business, which was called Museum Hack. And that's where we did those renegade museum tours. I feel like renegade museum tours is going to be a new phrase for a lot of us. Renegade museum tours mean that I would hire people like stand-up comedians and Broadway actors to lead the tours. Science teachers, imagine like the coolest science teacher you ever had in middle school. I would hire them to be the museum tour guide, and I would teach them about art and the museum. They worked for me, not the museum, so they would tell you the juicy gossip and the backstories about the art. We started it for the tourists, right? They're going to go to the museum once out of a sense of obligation, but we want to give them a fun experience. And then where we made our money, where we turned into a multi-million dollar business was by taking that fun family activity and turning it into like a corporate team building experience. It was a really cool experience. But how does that make you a party authority? Right? How does it make you a party expert? Well, I launched that last business, Museum Hack, on the back of this network of acquaintances and loose connections and weak ties, I'm talking about and trying to encourage people to think about your network of acquaintances. Many of us maybe have a couple close friends. 15% of males do not even have one close friend. We're in a friendship recession. Most American adults haven't made a new friend in three years. And so I'm on this mission with my book to think about and help people say, hey, how could your life be different if you had more acquaintances? Because acquaintances can help you refer customers for your business. Acquaintances can turn into friends and you can build big relationships. I got to be an expert by hosting hundreds of parties Because when I moved to New York, I was not social. I did not know how to meet people or talk to people. I would go to these networking events that were terrible. 
I just didn't have a lot of success. So instead, I decided to bring the party to me and start to figure out how I could host my own events. I wrote this book really for the first time host. For the person who doesn't have experience hosting, my goal is to truly inspire a new generation of hosts because I think many people never host or they only host for special life moments like a birthday, a wedding, something like that. I'm trying to say, look, the biggest benefits for you and your business can come when you can make hosting a habit. Introverts will recognize the value here, but some of our more extroverted listeners may say, I don't need this. What do you say to them? I talked to a guy last night. His name is Angelo. He lives in Phoenix, Arizona. And Angelo sent me a text during his party. Um, He said, look, we got 20 people here. They seem to be socializing enough. Everybody's talking. Do I need to run an icebreaker? That's what most people think. Well, everybody's talking. Why do I need to add structure to the party? I said, Angelo, you need to do it. I don't have time now. You don't have time to explain, but just trust me. Do it, and I'll tell you why later. And he did it, and he said, oh, my God, you were so right. Running an icebreaker helped to shuffle the room and mix people up. So one of the things that that common hosts, people who host already say, I don't need to add structure. I want to be the cool host. I just want to be chill. Well, when you run an icebreaker, it does two things. Number one, it helps break up your existing conversations. Have you ever been at a party and you get trapped in a conversation? You're kind of ready to be done with it. Well, when you do an icebreaker, it gives you an excuse to break up the room and mix it up. Icebreakers also help for everybody at the party to kind of signal and say who's there. So you can go up and talk to somebody new. That's the whole purpose of my party formula is to encourage as many little connections as possible. We're talking a lot about having structure to the party. Is spontaneity overrated? No, I love spontaneity, especially for advanced hosts, right? See, and an easy way to remember what goes into the party formula is to think about my name. My name is Nick. It's spelled N-I-C-K. The N stands for name tags. Every one of my parties always has name tags. When you use name tags, it shows that there's no clicks at your party. Everybody's on the same level. It's a safe space to go up and start new conversations. And so the name tags really help to the spirit of having new conversations. That's what I'm obsessed with. I am assuming the other three letters in your name are part of the acronym also. The I stands for icebreakers. And what you would do is you'd circle everybody up. Maybe give them a five-minute warning. Hey, everybody, in five minutes, we're going to do a round of icebreakers. By the way, that gives them an excuse to end the conversations. Because again, we want a lot of starting and stopping of new conversations. You'll circle everybody up and say, all right, everybody, we're going to just go around the room real quick. Say your name. Say what you do for work. If you don't want to talk about work, you can say a hobby that you do. And then say the icebreaker. And so that's the last one, right? So all of them have name what you do for work, and then the icebreaker question. At the beginning of a party, there's not rapport. People aren't ready to be vulnerable. They're not ready to share. Please keep in mind, a good icebreaker is a fast icebreaker. It's not a brain teaser. It's why I don't like the question of what's your favorite book that's definitive. It might elicit judgment. People are like, oh my God, what are they gonna say? What can I think to sound the smartest? It's hard for people. You put them on the spot. Now, about an hour later at your party, that's when I suggest doing an advanced icebreaker. The advanced icebreaker, the purpose is to add value to the room. 
we're going to ask you, what's the best piece of media that you've consumed recently? It could be a podcast like this, a movie or a TV show you binge watched on Netflix, because everybody's going to go around the room and give good recommendations in a peer group, a group of neighbors or people in your community. Sharing those recommendations is so powerful because everybody gets ideas of new stuff that they might want to watch, read, or listen to. And it will make your party seem like a gathering of very smart people. That's what I love. So what makes two hours the sweet spot? I think two hours is great because I suggest doing my parties on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday nights only. Why is that? The number one fear for a new host is that nobody will show up. Or worse, only two or three people will show up and it'll be awkward. So I tell people only host your parties on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights because they're not socially competitive nights. Two hours shows them. This isn't a crazy drinking, bender, wild rager party. In and out. It's an efficient social gathering. Two hours also helps to get people to show up on time. Always list the start time and the end time. It gives people an idea of what to expect, and it encourages more people to show up. When it's only two hours, they're like, oh, this is easy. I can do this. There's an easy out. So now we know how to throw the perfect party. But how can we be a perfect guest at other people's parties? A pro tip that I have is if you're truly looking to build a relationship with the host, you know, a host is pretty busy at the party. Number one, you could ask the host, hey, um, do you want me to help people serve drinks as they arrive? You could ask the host, say, hey, would you like if I just took some photographs here at the party? Just some like candid, fun photos. I could take a group photo as well. I'll send them to you later that night. Oftentimes, the host forgets to take photos during their own party, and yet they can be a really positive, happy memory. During the party, you can help by tidying up. Oftentimes, there's party shrapnel. There's empty cups. There's beer bottles. There's cans. There's plates. There's just garbage that accumulates. You can help the host by doing that to sort of um, tidy up. You can help create new conversations and merge groups. If you notice somebody that's not included, bring them over. Say, hey, please come on over. Here's what we're talking about. By the way, for a guest, one of the best things that you can do is when you join a group, remember these two words. If you walk up to a group and you want to join it, simply say, please continue. Don't make them feel like they have to go around and everybody introduce themselves. Just join the group. Say, please continue. Listen. And when it makes sense to naturally join the conversation and introduce yourself, you can do that then. Of course, we have to ask, what's the best party that you have ever thrown? I hesitate to share this because it's not helpful for me to share the big, crazy parties that I host. But I'll tell you what I did anyway. Last year for my 40th birthday, I rented out America's largest uh, indoor water park for all my friends. And I invited about 40 of my friends and we all just rode water slides all morning. It was a lot of fun. But the next day we were all like limping and hurt. It was pretty funny. So where can listeners find the book? I can find the book wherever books are sold online, and you can use these tips and techniques to make any social gathering better. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.